Welcome to Storytime with Uncle Reddit, a podcast where I read some of the best posts from across Reddit and around the web. Each episode is a collection of funny content that includes subjects like tales from tech support, entitled parents, choosing beggars, pro-revenge, and more. Today's episode is all about tales from tech support. And our first story today is, I don't want to see your name on this list again. This story didn't personally happen to me, but it was told by someone I trust. I fully believe it to be true, but some details are slightly altered to protect privacy. A friend of mine is retired now, but back in the day he did internal audits for a large bank. This story takes place about 30 years ago when networked computers were less common and paperwork tended to be compiled manually. Bank managers had to submit various reports to their regional offices showing what their branches were up to, and the regional offices would occasionally send out auditors to go through the records and make sure everything was in compliance. One report that had to be filed monthly was a list of employees who were in arrears of their own loans. Employees who had trouble managing their own credit were considered to be more at risk of stealing, fraud, or other financial crimes, so I guess the bank wanted to keep track of anyone who may fall into that category. My friend's team is doing an audit at a particular branch, going through the records and looking for any discrepancies. They find a big one. The manager of this branch had been behind on a number of loans he held with the bank, but had been leaving his own name off the report. More records are pulled, and they start looking at everything this guy has ever filed and comparing it to other records. The manager had started doing everything correctly, including himself on the report fairly regularly. At a point about 10 years previous, it suddenly stops, despite the spotty loan repayment continuing for years. Bosses of bosses are called. It's looking like they may have stumbled on years of falsified records and possibly more serious fraud. The manager is definitely getting fired, and depending on what else they find, looking at some serious criminal charges. Finally, they call the manager in to show what they found and ask for an explanation. The manager produces a letter from someone higher up in the bank. Basically, when he started, the manager was just a little too free with his spending and didn't make his monthly loan payments a top priority. His boss wrote a letter saying that having the manager of a bank branch at the top of a list of unpaid loans was an embarrassment. If he wanted to keep his job, he better make sure that his name never appeared on that report again. He was supposed to sort out his financial affairs, but the manager said he interpreted the instruction literally and simply stopped including his own name. It took years before anyone noticed. In the end, the investigation found no other signs of record tampering or financial crime. No one really believed that he actually thought what he was doing was allowed, but the whole thing was just ambiguous enough to give plausible deniability. By the point everything was discovered, the manager had his finances in good order, and he was pretty close to retirement. The whole thing was just sort of waved away as being more trouble than it was worth to deal with, and the manager didn't see any real repercussions. Holy cow. Try that today. Somebody's going to jail. <laughs> At the very least, losing their job and retirement and whatever other benefits they've got. Uh, but I'm pretty sure there's some fraud in there somewhere where you're messing around with uh, financial documents. So uh, yeah, boys and girls, don't do that. It's the most important thing to do. Many moons ago, when I was a younger lad, I started a new job. The place was a combination of retail and warehouse work. I'm the new guy, so all the crap jobs go to me, which is fine, including going around and emptying the garbage and recycling bins every morning. One morning, midway through my garbage rounds, I got pulled away by a customer that needed help. The help went long, and I totally forgot to finish the garbage. My bad. The coworker approaches me, totally not my boss, just been there longer than anyone else and felt it her duty to manage anyone. I don't get a reminder to finish the garbage. I get a 5-10 to 10 minute lecture on how garbage are the most important thing to do in the mornings. Everything else is secondary until I get that done. Seems ridiculous to me, but I was new so I just smiled and nodded. 
As luck would have it, several days later I was in the middle of my garbage rounds once again and the same co-worker approached me in a terrible hurry. I don't remember the exact why, but they needed help moving a bunch of boxes as someone was on the way to pick them up and she needed me to drop what I was doing and help her. It was a perfect moment. I gave her a smile and said, Sorry, can't help you right now. I'm doing the garbages and garbages are the most important thing in the mornings. She gave me a blank look and stalked off. In a perfect world, I would end it with, and she never bothered me again. Sadly, that was not the case. Yup, don't tell me this task is the most important thing and nothing else can happen until it's done, unless you really mean it. Because that's exactly what's going to end up happening. And good for OP for sticking it to her like that. She really had no leg to stand on after that. I could just picture her marching away like a little troll. <laughs> Bureaucracy from different eras. I requested a long-term visa in a European country that needed proof that I had enough money to support myself during my stay. My money is in the stock market with a broker that operates only online. European country required the paperwork to be of the last three months and that each page had the official stamp of the financial institution with the initials of the branch manager. My financial institution insisted that they provided only online statements and that compliance can be validated with the barcode. Also, there was no branch manager since online brokers don't offer local services. European country wanted nothing to do with the barcode from my country of origin. I figured that if they couldn't validate a code, they couldn't validate a stamp. I went to Office Depot and asked if they could make me a stamp with the financial... Oh my god. <laughs> oh. I went to the Office Depot and asked if they could make me a stamp with the financial institution's logo. They complied. I stamped and initialed my own statements. I didn't lie about having the money. I did have it. I figured that at worst they'd call the phone number on the statement and get asked for the barcode. Then, stamp or not, the financial institution would confirm that I was compliant with the money requirements. Yeah, but that's still fraud, man. I don't know. I guess you could be sent back home if they find out. I I don't know how that works. I, I never had to do that, but that's pretty ballsy, man. I might have tried that in my teen years, but once I became an adult, man, that stuff was out the window for me. Can't wake up grandpa? Okay, I'll get someone else to wake him up. This happened this week. Just a cute little MC. We have a four-year-old daughter and two-year-old son. My father-in-law also lives with us. Lately, the kids have been getting up earlier and earlier, and will go back and knock on their grandpa's door and wake him up, as they know he's a soft touch and will often get up and make them breakfast. He put his foot down when our daughter started waking him before 6 a.m. Two nights ago, my husband told daughter, do not wake up grandpa in the morning. Last two mornings, father-in-law has heard, and we've played it back on the monitors. Daughter goes into son's room, wakes him up, and says, Son's name? Go and wake up, Grandpa. Dude, kids are slick. They are very literal. If you tell them, don't sit on the arm of the couch, and then five minutes later, you're yelling at them because they're sitting on the arm of the chair, they will tell you they are not sitting on the arm of a couch. Be choose your words carefully with little ones, man, because they will take it and twist it and shove it right back up your rear end. <laughs> Why would you care about that? This one's from my dad. My dad started to work in his job about 50 years ago and he never changed it. He went through all the stages that came with it. First he was the post dude and would only deliver in-house messages and then he slowly made his way up the food chain until about 15 years ago he became team lead of his team. His job was part of the financial department and his team consisted of 8 of the 15 people in the whole country that knew exactly how this specific part of the financial system worked and how the laws were applicable. 
In the last 20 years, my dad was traveling all across the country, teaching his knowledge to everyone who paid a lot for those courses, and he even helped designing many laws regarding this topic. Which also led to many funny stories where some know-it-all lawyers tried to get cocky with him and tell him how it should be done until he told them that he wrote those laws. But that's for another time. My dad knew for the last 10 years in his job that he will retire and that all his team will retire shortly after him, since the department was founded not too long ago. He told his boss and her boss's boss that they should hire some people for them to teach their knowledge. That was 10 years before his retirement. And all they told him was there's plenty of time left and everything's golden and he shouldn't worry. Fast forward about eight years, my dad's still trying to convince them that it's urgent that they need to hire now. But in the meantime, the boss's boss has changed and now the new guy just looked at him and with a really bitchy voice, he told him, why would you care about that? Well, he never brought up that topic again. Two years later, he retired. His co-workers who worked with him for 40 years in this department had nobody to ask when they were unsure what to do. The new team lead was some young dude who tried to teach my father's co-workers how stuff worked, just because he sat in one of the courses my dad gave a few years ago. Now that about 70% of the department are all retired, stuff works really slowly, and the department has to reach out to the lawyers to help them. But those poopy heads, sorry but lawyers are truly idiots, don't know anything about this. My dad always said, policemen, teachers, and lawyers are the worst kind of people because their job always makes it that they are right the whole day long and he was constantly working with this type of people. Well, I don't know if they're all that way. I think there's a general uh, stereotyping that goes on with some of them. I know some truly awful teachers, lawyers, and police officers, but those are the exceptions and not the rule, quite honestly. Anyway, he tried to tell them for years that they needed to hire somebody properly to take over, and they didn't listen, so they get what they get. Fences make good neighbors. My parents lived in a house where the neighbor had right of access across my parents' back garden to get to theirs. Standard UK Victorian end terrace rules. They were crappy neighbors. They would let their grandkids run around our garden and drop their rubbish. They would also come out and stand in our garden while my parents had family barbecues and stare at us. My folks couldn't do much about it because they had the right to be there. My parents were fed up with this, as well as them walking across the flower beds and leaving the gates open. So when the farmer who owned the land surrounding my parents' house offered to sell about a quarter acre of it, my parents jumped at the chance. Imagine the original path to the neighbor's back gate before the sale. They would walk up the path beside my parents' house, across the yard, where they could look into our kitchen, and walk to their gate, which was located on the boundary between our two houses, about halfway up the garden. My parents bought the land and erected two seven-foot fences around the perimeter of the land. The fences were about four foot apart. The entrance was around 30 feet away from the original gate, and when you walked all the way around the new path, it led directly to the neighbor's back gate. Essentially, they had their own path and didn't need to enter our garden. The neighbors didn't like this because it meant they had to walk much further to get to their back gate. My parents reminded them they had fulfilled their legal obligation to give them access across their land to the neighbor's back garden. It didn't say anywhere that it has to be the shortest route. The neighbors threatened legal action, but didn't follow it up. The farmer sold the rest of the land to a developer. The neighbor contacted the developer to ask if they could create their own exit onto the developer's land at the far end of their garden, so they didn't have to use our path. The developer agreed as that area was going to be a pathway. They gloated to my dad they didn't need our path anymore and he'd wasted his money for nothing, so my dad put a lock on the gates to ensure privacy as they no longer needed it. When the foundations for the first buildings went up, the neighbor complained to the council and company that they were too close, by two meters, and had to be moved. 
The fuss cost the developer a lot of extra money, so they sent a letter to all the neighbors informing them a path will no longer be running along the back of our gardens, as it will now be used as garages to offset the cost of reworking the foundations. They built a garage block directly behind neighbor's garden. The neighbors now had a gate at the bottom of the garden that led to an ugly concrete wall. The neighbor then had to come cap in hand to ask my dad politely to remove the lock so he could start using the path again. My father obliged. The neighbors only stayed a few more years as it seemed the son-in-law actually owned the house and when he divorced the daughter, he sold the house and kicked them out. Edited for clarity of what a Victorian terrace house is. Imagine a row of houses built all in a line with no spaces in between. All the houses had a front door and a back door. Because Victorian house designers wanted as many houses as possible on a plot of land, they didn't waste space by adding a private side entrance to every house. They just made one or two entrances or entries and ginnels, look it up to the structures for everyone to use and added a right-of-way stipulation in the title deeds. This meant that the homeowners closest to the entrances couldn't block at all so his neighbors could access their gardens. In Victorian times, everyone used the back doors because the front room, the front door would open directly into the parlor, was for best and nobody used it. Or it was a bedroom. In modern times, most of these houses don't have enough space at the front of the house for bins or bike storage, etc., so the owners have to use their row rights instead of dragging wheelie bins through their homes. Well, look at that. We got a little malicious compliance and a history lesson. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.